Imagine taking all your children to Build-A-Bear. But the problem is, is that a thousand other people have the same idea. Can you say grumble and complain? Here's Trisha Goyer. All of us had gone to the mall for the Build-A-Bear day. Mm -hmm. The line took forever. I thought maybe a couple hours. No, we were there for nine hours. We were at the threshold, like we're the next ones to go in, me and all this group of kids, after being there all day. We're hungry, we're tired, and I can see that the manager came out and was talking with the security guards. I'm like, oh no. The manager's like, ma'am, the mall closes in an hour. We have to get all these people out of here. This is taking a long time. Everyone will get a bear, but you're not gonna get it stuffed. But it was in that moment where, I mean, if I would have grumbled or complained, all the kids would have just melted down because we're already tired. We've been there all day, but it's like, we can turn this around. We're going to talk about avoiding the meltdowns and getting past the grumbling with Trisha Goyer on this edition of Family Life This Week. Welcome to Family Life This Week. I'm Michelle Hill. So it's the first weekend of December. And the children in your life are filling out their Christmas lists, and maybe you have one too. Your tree is up, and the lights are twinkling. Oops, that was in your dream, because maybe you haven't put your tree up. You wanted to get that done last weekend. But, you know, those other Christmassy things, they got in the way. I don't know about you, but Christmas time is about how much I can get done. You know, there's the cards and the presents, there's the food to bake, the house to look cute, the parties to go to, and Build-A-Bear. You know, the more that I do, the more I complain about all that I have to get done or all that I did get done. And I complain and I complain and I complain. As I look around, pretty much everybody's joining me in harmony on that, right? Yes? Well, I recently sat down with Trisha Goyer. She is an author, speaker, and one of my close friends. And what she had to say kind of pricked my heart on this complaining and grumbling that I've seen go on in my life. She started noticing complaining in her own life and actually in her family. And so she set out to change those habits in one year. It was a great conversation, very helpful to me, and so I hope that it's helpful to you also. Here's my conversation with Trisha Goyer as she explains the dynamics of her household and how it's really a hotbed for a lot of complaining and grumbling. Well, we have 11 people in our house. <laughs> there is a that lot is of grumbling. A lot. So John and I, we have Grandma there who is just turned ninety, and then we have um, nineteen and down. We have six kids, and then we had Nathan, which now he has his own, his own apartment, but he was living there when we did the Grumble Free Journey. And you know, we had we adopted the younger seven, and so there's been a lot of like anger and issues and stuff with them. But we've overcome so much of that. Like, we don't have those big anger outbursts anymore. But there is just a lot of grumbling. Like, I tell someone to go do their chores, and they grumble, and they're stomping in there. And Mm -hmm. I tell them something else, and they're rolling their eyes. And, what you know, every time I put dinner down, someone's complaining about it. And so, really, we just got to the point where, like, we need to do something. So John and I have been talking about this before. And so we said, I think this is the time to talk to them. And we just said, we think we want to go a year without grumbling. And some kids are like, 
okay. Some kids are like, there's no way that's going to happen. They're grumbling about not having to grumble. How did you describe grumbling? Because grumbling for a 15-year-old is different than grumbling for a 6-year-old. So how did you guys go, okay, so this is what you all are doing? Right. So when we first sat down, um, the very first time, we, we started memorizing, do everything without grumbling or complaining. Mm. Um, and I said, and grumbling, it's, you know, it's not just the words. It is the eye rolls. It is the complaining. It is making fun of something if mom tells you to do something. I mean, just all the, yeah. just, and so one of the kids goes, oh, well, I whine. And so and then someone else says, well, I um, complain. And so mm. then they started each identifying themselves, which I was so surprised, instead of pointing the finger at the other person. And I'm like, well, let's get a whiteboard. And it was like totally impromptu. We got a whiteboard, and we wrote each person, and their grumbling style. They're like, Mom, you gripe at us. And I'm like, you're right. <laughs> I'm known to gripe, like, pick up your shoes. How can you leave the living room like this? It's just right. that constant. That's grumbling, too. Like, I think I'm I'm really directing my children. Well, I'm not. I'm just complaining. Like, you need to have a yeah. plan if you're training and directing them. Really, I was just grumbling. And so all of us wrote on the board, and then at dinner tonight, they're like, show Dad the board. And so <laughs> we were all talking about ourselves. And so that really helped, like, even from the beginning, letting uh, letting each one know, like, what they're prone to do. And some will, will not, like, outwardly grumble, but they might pull into this themselves. They'll withdraw. They kind of, like— um, complain inwardly, like, I'm just going to go to my room, like that type of thing. So each person knew what their style was and how to watch. And we made sure, like, this is not for you to point out other people. This is for mm-hmm. you to catch yourself. And I think that was really important because otherwise everyone would be grumbling about everyone's grumbling and we wouldn't right. get anywhere. That is fascinating to me. I never thought of, like, a grumbling style. Mm-hmm. I never thought that because I know I grumble, but how do I grumble? And that's fascinating. There. Like you said, there are so many other ways you can turn into yourself. You can eye roll. Where does that come from? That seed in mm-hmm. our heart. Did you guys talk that through with them? Yeah, absolutely. Of where that was coming from? Well, you know, first I thought, okay, we're going to do this year, and we're going to memorize these verses and do these activities, and then everyone's going to get better. And pretty soon I realized, like, no one's changing. Like, we're more aware of it. But then it was like. It was me looking at myself, like, where did that come from? So one of the things I looked at was, like, even how I was raised. Mm. Like, my parents didn't fight, my mom and my stepdad. But but it was stuff like, oh, I wish we had money to go on vacation. Or it must be nice to be get a new car. Oh. Or, you know, just the, the discontent where we it's, never had enough. It's like a passive. The grass is always yes. greener on the other side, but it's a passive grumbling. Right. What were some of the things that you did with your kids? Because I know you had mentioned a Bible verse memorizing, that first month or that first couple of months is hard when you're trying to change a habit. Because that's basically what you're doing is you're changing a habit and you've been in this habit for a long time. And all of a sudden, you have to start pulling that habit in and changing it. What else did you do? So one of the things I thought is we'd have a gratitude jar. So if everyone, anyone was grumbling, um, they would, instead of grumbling, they would have to change and write something they were grateful for. It sounds like a great idea. The it does. The first time one of the girls, um, she was 12 at the time, she's, I said, you need to go um, do your chores, please. And she says, I don't want to do my chores. 
And she had some excuse why she didn't want to. And I'm like, well, you're going to, because you're grumbling, you're going to have to go write a gratitude. I don't want to write a stupid gratitude. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my goodness. So I'm in her room. By the time I follow her downstairs to where the jar is in our kitchen, she had to write nine gratitudes because she kept grumbling. And I kept saying, that's another gratitude. And it was not, like, calming the situation. It was provoking her. So by the time she got down there, um, you know, I'm, I'm like, you have to write it or you're going to go to bed right after dinner. Fine, I'll write the gratitudes. And she scribbled something and threw them in the jar. And I'm like, okay, obviously that <laughs> did not work. Like, it's a great idea. What I realized later, what we did with the gratitude jar, when we're already feeling thankful. So maybe after our morning devotions, after we prayed and thanked God for something, then I'm like, and let's write something mm. in the gratitude jar. So it's like capturing those moments when they're already were leaning towards gratefulness and everyone was excited. They were writing their gratitudes later. Um, you know, weeks later, we'd pull them out and remember what things we were grateful for. So not only, I mean, we did want to try to limit the grumbling, but really growing the gratitude kind of replaced the grumbling. So that really made a difference. And then just probably four months in, uh, my grandma ended up breaking her back. Mm. And so for a while, I'm like, I don't even have time to think about this. Like, we just have to help grandma. And the let's thing, put it on hold. Let's put it on hold. I like, want to start grumbling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I was having to get up in the night with her because she has dementia. She couldn't remember her back was broken. And so she'd try to get out of bed. And, you know, when she every time she got up, we had to put a back brace on. And so it was like, I, I don't even have time to think about doing this. But the amazing thing was that God probably used that more than anything because here Grandma was, she is has a broken back, can't even use the potty chair most of the time because it hurt her back so much to get out of bed. But she would be sitting there praising Jesus, like mm. praising Jesus. And I remember our school room was right next to the bedroom, and the girls were like, what's that? That's Grandma. And, you know, she'd just been home from the hospital a couple days. She's just praising Jesus like Life is perfect, and she has no problems in the world. She had trained herself through the years. She had hardwired herself for praise. So when things got tough, that's what she that's what she defaulted to. It wasn't like she was grumbling and complaining, which she had every right. She had a broken right. back. She cannot get out of bed. But she was praising God. Hmm. And so then after I realized, I'm like, I was thinking I didn't have time for this. And like God is like, let me show you. Like, this is an example greater than any of those ideas that you thought would work. Right. I had a phone call this morning. I was late to work because I received a phone call from a dear, dear lady. And she has been praying for me through this week. This has been a hard week for me, um, some, some significant losses in my life. And she said, what's your verse that you're leaning on this week, Michelle? What are you praising God for? And what is that verse? And does it have praise in it? Because you're supposed to be praising God. And I'm just like, oh, Miss Susie, oh my goodness, I don't yeah. want to be praising God right now. And she goes, that's not an option, mm-hmm. and you know it. It's like, you're right. It's not an option. That's okay. Thank you for reminding me. Um, and I had been working through some verses, but she had better verses for me. Yep. And it was just such a good example. And for me, the things I complain about are usually like a messy house, noisy kids. And like halfway through the year, I'm like, I just need it instead of letting those this frustrations go over and over in my mind, which is like inward grumble. So it may, may not even be coming out, but that inward frustration that the house is always messy. It's like, you know what? We have a house. Like mm. these kids have a home. Um, there's shoes all over, but we have shoes. And so even, I mean, just this week, just today, I'll see something and I'm like, oh, this child left this or broke this <laughs> or did this. And it's like, you know what? God 
is at work and eternity, like we're working on their hearts. Eternity is what matters. It's not this stuff. And so it is. It's in that moment when you're feeling frustrated, when you're feeling down, when you're feeling discouraged, like turning your mind around. And it's not going to help if I grumble. Like it helps nothing. It doesn't help me. It doesn't help the kids. But if I start praising God, stepping over good. the shoes. It feels good to grumble you know, sometimes. It almost I'm is like, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it almost is like this power, but then afterwards mm, you feel defeated. Like it's yeah, almost like— true. Especially when I'm grumbling at the kids, and they, they will sometimes jump to attention and all of a sudden pick stuff up because I'm, like, grumbling. But then afterwards, no one feels good about it. I don't feel good about it. They don't right. feel good about it. Um, for a while there, I was so grumbly that one of the girls would get up. There's three that share a bedroom upstairs, teenagers. And they'd say, go check and see how mom's doing today. <laughs> so, like, one would come down to see my attitude, which is a problem when, like, some days I don't let things bother me and some days I'm grumbling and complaining. So it really, like, it wasn't just me trying to help the kids. It was me, like, really working on my heart and how do I even approach them and help them and guide them and model for them. Well, it sounds like what you're also modeling for them as a, as a side note, not just grumbling with some empathy. Mm-hmm. Because they were realizing, oh, mom's complaining today. Something's not quite right. Right. Some, yeah. We've got to go check on her. We have to make sure that she's okay. Yeah. That's Trisha Goyer in part one of our conversation about grumbling and complaining, where she's talking about really being able to look at some of this grumbling and complaining and understanding empathy in it and how we care for others. But when we come back, we're going to take a look at how to get past that tattletale phase of grumbling and complaining and really getting down to the brass tacks. Stay tuned. We'll be back in two minutes. You never saw this one coming. You just became a step-grandparent. How do you do that? For Family Life Blended, here's Ron Deal. You know, lots of people across America are becoming step-grandparents, either because they got married later in life or because a son or daughter is now a step-parent. And they're asking the question, what's expected of me? So here's what I tell them. Be a catalyst for inclusion. You know, have an open spirit toward both the new people and the old ones. You know, like toward a new son or daughter-in-law and their children and your biological grandchildren. Look, a great way to love your grandchildren is to let them see you love your step-grandchildren. Love for everyone. Isn't that what grandparents are for? For Family Life Blended, I'm Ron Deal. To find out more, visit FamilyLifeBlended.com. Couples who say they have marriage problems need to recognize it's not a marriage problem. It's a God problem. We make it all about us. You know where that's headed. And it's killing our marriages. What would happen if marriages got it together and divorce was rare? Because there's something bigger here. Who are we here for? There is something that your marriage represents that is far greater. We're here for a purpose. When you look at what the Bible says about marriage, marriage is about more than just you and me. Very few couples say, Lord, what do you want? Instead, they think, this is what I want, and I'm not getting it. Therefore, this thing is broken. Family Life's Weekend to Remember. Our weekend to remember begins with the purpose of marriage as God intended it because ultimately your marriage is not about you. It's about God. To find out more about a getaway near you, visit weekendtoremember.com. 
Welcome back to Family Life this week. I'm Michelle Hill. I'm talking with Trisha Goyer today about a grumble-free year. Have you thought about a grumble-free year? Tell you, after this conversation with Trisha Goyer, I just might make this my resolution for 2020. And, you know, maybe you might want to consider that too. Here's part two of my conversation with Trisha Goyer. When someone would grumble or complain, how did that play out in the house? I mean, were you having someone grumble and complain over here while someone else would say, hey, so-and-so's, I mean, was there any uh, tattletailing going on? Well, we told them they couldn't. Oh, okay. So we told them. So that's good. You have to catch yourself. Don't tell on each other because I just knew it was just, that's all it would be all day. <laughs> they would just be telling on everyone else. And so what I tried to do, after a couple of weeks, I'm like, just try to control yourself, change your attitude. What I realized, though, is if I started praising them when they didn't grumble, that worked a lot better than pointing out when they did. Because there were mm. times I'm like, that sounds like grumbling, or I'd say something like that. But if I started praising them, so the one daughter who would always grumble about her chores that was the most difficult child we had. Um, one day she's in there and she's wiping down the ca- kitchen counter and the whole kitchen's a mess. I mean, we have a lot of people. There's always dishes, stuff everywhere. And But this one part of the counter she'd like wipe down like, wow, you are so mature. You did such a great job mm. wap- wiping down that corner of the counter, which before I'd be like, you missed this. You forgot this. Don't forget this. Instead, I went in and started praising her. And all of a sudden she like perks up. And she starts wiping down the red. Like, she's moving stuff, and she's wiping right. stuff down. And then the more I caught her doing that, um, like, she would say, Mom, come and look at the kitchen. And I'd go <laughs> in there, like, wow, you are so mature now. Now, she was the one that grumbled the most about her chores. Now she's the one that does the best job on the kitchen. In fact, I'm like, I'm so glad when it's her day, her day Saturday, because the kitchen gets clean, cleaner than yeah. the rest of the week. But it was me catching her and praising her. And the kids called me out on that because— before when I'd say, you didn't do this, or what about this? they say, you never say thank you, or you never say we're doing a good job. Because I'm always, you know, I'm running around, I'm trying to get stuff done, making sure they get their chores done. And so now I'm really trying, like, every time I see them doing their chores, thank you for doing that. And you can just see, like, their attitude changes, and they perk up a little bit. Because we all like to be thanked, and we all like to be appreciated. But just that, just... Um, being thankful and having gratitude for what they were doing. Or when, like, even the, the other day, we all went to Bible study. On the way home, I realized, like, no one fought and argued in the whole 10-minute ride. <laughs> That's pretty bad when, I, when I'm excited. It's 10 minutes and no one fought and argued. And I'm like, guys, when we stopped the van, I'm like, you guys didn't fight or argue all the way. Great job. You guys are really maturing. And they're like, oh. And they all got out of the car. So just, like, trying to catch when they're doing the right thing. Or when they say thank you, or when they're grateful, or when they're showing gratitude, it's like, okay, this makes a difference. And it makes bigger change, I think, than trying to catch them grumbling. Well, and it sounds like it was a mind flip also for you to be intentional about praising them and thanking them for who they are and what they are doing and not necessarily looking out for what you can correct. Yes. But training them that way, training them in a different, a positive light. And it's more effective. Like, because everyone, it doesn't really help them if you're grumbling and complaining when they don't do things right. Then they feel down about themselves. And, I mean, sometimes they might try a little bit harder. But when you're praising them, when they do something right, they love that. They love to know that they're doing a good job and that mom's noticing them, dad's noticing them. And so John and I, we both try to, like, catch them when they're doing something right. And that probably has been the biggest thing in our house that has made them have positive changes. 
Did you guys have like a chart or something that you were putting check marks by different people's names mm-hmm. or likes to keep track of things? Did you guys do that yeah, at well, all? One of the things, because um, I have a, a friend who's a life coach that she really helped me with this because I feel like I'm like I'm stuck. Like I'm supposed to be working on this, but I feel like I'm always stuck on all the things that are wrong. And she says, this is an activity for you. Get a piece of paper and fold it in half. So on one half of the folds, write all the things that are going wrong. And then, you know, after I had that list, it was like 20 things. I'm like, I could keep going. It's just like 20 is fine. On the other side of the fold, write for each thing, write one small change that can happen. So the house is always a mess. I could help the kids organize so we have a good chore system. Um, I'm tired of being overweight. I can start getting up and walking for 30 minutes. So it was all the positive changes. And she said the first change or the first step might not be the right one or maybe it needs to be altered a little bit, but actually get your brain thinking in the right direction. So actually I spent like 20 minutes and made a chore chart and the older girls and the younger kids each rotate through different things. So the older ones rotate between the living room, their upstairs bathroom and the kitchen. So every day one does the living room, one Mm. cleans the kitchen and one cleans the bathroom. And I laminated it, put it up there, and it's been there for two and a half years, and it has worked. That's really neat. Okay, so what did you see God do in your household in that year? Yeah, that is such a good question. So there were some months I'm like, I don't even know if we're changing at all. Like, I can't see anything. I bet. But when I started going back and working on the book, like editing it, looking at different chapters, I'm like, we have changed. I realized like, oh, this child used to grumble every time. Now she doesn't. And just and just different attitude things that I saw with the kids, I realized, oh, that person's not doing that anymore. But I think the biggest like realization was um, we had gone, all of us had gone to the mall for the Build-A-Bear Day mm-hmm. where you do a dollar per your age. And so I'm like, this will be fun. We'll all get a bear. The line took forever. I thought maybe a couple hours. No. Nine hours later. Oh, my goodness. Nine hours later. We were there for nine hours. Like, the kids were getting snacks. We were running around. And I'm like, I will take you and go buy you any bear you want, like, at Walmart. Like, no, no, they wanted they wanted the Build-A-Bear because they were, like, there for the Build-A-Bear. Like, they've stuck it through. So we get there, and the last we – were the we were at the threshold. Like, we're the next ones to go in, me and all this group of kids. After being there all day, we're hungry, we're tired, and I can see that the manager came out and was talking with the security guards. I'm like, oh, no. So the uh, I end up, the manager came over. I'm like, are we going to be able to get a bear? Because you can see, you can just tell yeah. something's going on. There's a huge line still behind us. The manager's like, ma'am, the mall closes in an hour. We have to get all these people out of here. This is taking a long time. Everyone will get a bear, but you're not going to get it stuffed. Which is like the whole thing about build a bear. And so after we've been waiting, and we are we are literally the next ones in. Like we are oh. on the threshold. So my littlest girl started crying and some of the kids are like, let us go in, make stop at them. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. and right in my mind, I'm like, grumble free. Like we because we'd been working on this. Mm-hmm. And I said, guys, this is our opportunity. Remember the grumble free year when we're tired, when we're exhausted, like that's when we're most prone to grumble. So let's turn this around. Let's make this like we are the first one to get flat bears. (laughs) And so I'm like, which one do you want? So they started picking them out. And there was still like a little frustration. But there's like there's people behind us in line cussing out the manager. I bet so. Um, And so I'm like, let's let's have good attitudes. Let's show, you know, show them. I mean, they're tired too. And so we went in there. 
And then in the car, we did the best day ever video and, like, showed on Facebook Live, like, look at our flat bears and just made a joke out of it. Uh And it was – and then, you know, later, a couple weeks later, John took them back to the mall and they were able to fill those bears. But it was in that moment where, I mean, if I would have grumbled or complained – all the kids would have just melted down because we're already tired. We've been there all day. But it's like, we can turn this around. And so just that moment, I'm like, oh, my goodness, this has made a difference because we've been working on it and talking about it and what to do differently when you're tired and exhausted and hungry because they'd been part of our vocabulary and our language for, what, nine Mm -hmm. months at this point. We knew that we can turn it around, and they did. And so that was like, okay, this is— so different than if we if that would have happened like week one, it would have been a disaster. <laughs> so it just made me realize like anything that we need to train our kids on, like with persistent work, it can make a difference. Well, and it just shows the power of God. Yeah. That this is something that you saw in his word and you're like, oh, okay, well, he's convicting my heart. I better like, like teach my kids this. Yeah. And, and you guys were just like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And step one, step two, step three, step four, and God is faithful. Yeah, He is. Through your persistence and through you guys training your children, He is faithful. Now, do you still have grumble-free kids? Uh, They're not grumble-free, but we are a lot better. (laughs) I would say we are a lot better. And usually, I will say, um, because sometimes it's stuff like, my little guy still can't tie his shoes. I can't get these shoes on. I'm like... That kind of sounds like a grumble, but how can you turn that around and ask for help? So he'll say, can you help me with my shoes? So it's still making them aware of it, but I'm not like getting on. I'm like, you're grumbling. We have a book about this. You can't grumble anymore. It's more just like maybe redirecting because a lot of it is, can you ask for help? You know, tell me about what Mm, what you're feeling bad about. So it like opens up the communication without like picking on them because... They grumble. And then sometimes I still grumble. And they're like, Mom. And I'm like, oh, yeah, right, sorry, which is apologizing. I had to go back to them over and over and over. I am so sorry. I was so grumbly this morning. Yeah. Will you forgive me? And that was a huge thing, too, because mm-hmm. um, all, all of us were, like, on an even playing field. It wasn't just me against them or me training them. It was like, I'm working on this, too. Wow, what a great reminder from Trisha Goyer on grumbling and complaining. How often do you grumble and complain? You know, I think as we read the Bible, we think of the Israelites and how they grumbled and complained and they get sort of, I don't want to say they get a pass because they really don't get a pass, but that's who we think about. But Jesus spoke about this too. He said, do not grumble among yourselves. And later on in the New Testament, Paul spoke against this. And so did James and Jude. This is a bad habit to be mindful of. And it's not just a habit. It's really a sin against God. You know, and as Trisha had to go back to her children and ask for forgiveness, we need to go back to God and ask for forgiveness. You know, and as you look forward into the near future, maybe this is a New Year's resolution. Maybe 2020 needs to be the grumble-free year for you. Maybe this is the year that we turn our complaining into joy and thankfulness for what God has done. I want to leave you with this verse. It's a verse by King David in Psalm 68, 19. Blessed be the Lord. Day after day, he bears our burdens. God is our salvation. You know, therefore, we have no need to complain or grumble in any circumstance. He's got our backs for now and for always. Hey, coming up next week, we're going to be talking about preparing for Christmas with your pocketbook. 
Just how are you planning to pay for, you know, the remote-controlled helicopter that Joey asked for, or the drone that your big brother asked for, or maybe it's the designer bag you asked for. We're going to talk about that and more next week, so I hope you can join us for that. Thanks for listening. I want to thank the president of Family Life, David Robbins, along with our station partners around the country, and a big thank you to our engineer today, Keith Lynch, who is grumbling no more. Thanks to our producer, Marcus Holtz. Justin Adams is our mastering engineer, and Megan Martin is our production coordinator. All who are not complaining anymore either. Our program is a production of Family Life Today, and our mission is to effectively develop godly families who change the world one home at a time. I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time for another edition of Family Life This Week.